Oh, yes, all aboard. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. This is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, where we bring you everything from high school sports, NCAA, NFL, NBA, HBCU. It's the train that is building up ahead of steam. So grab your tickets, get on board, enjoy the ride. Let this train take you on a sports journey. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Let's get this train on the track. I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. And we're cheering from the cheap seats, and you're listening to the A-Train Sports Podcast. Whoop, whoop! Welcome in to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. You know who this is. Told you I'd be back today. So Tuesday, November the 23rd. And the week known as the NFL wrapped up with Monday night football last night. And let's just say, oh hum, oh hum, oh hum. Let's just go ahead and tell you how New York Giant fans feel, even though we are a little over 30 days away. Giants fans are feeling like Bah Humbug. Tampa Bay Buccaneer defensive lineman got an early Christmas gift in the form of an interception. Probably his first and only interception. Why? Because what's the chances of another quarterback throwing the ball directly to him? Daniel Dimes was dropping dimes. Only problem is, it wasn't to his own teammate. That's right, this is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. I'm probably laughing and rolling on the floor right now with a Delta comment. I'd be laughing too. Let's just go ahead and get this show started. Let's not let's get this show started. Let's get this train on the track. Yes, I'm coming to you with the NFL scoring recap. From Sunday, November 21st. And let's just see how things played out. Taylor runs up the score with five TDs as the Colts beat the Bills. 41 to 15, which now has the Colts at 6 and 5. The Bills are now 6 and 4, 
a team that was once pegged as a Super Bowl contender, you kind of tend to wonder. The Baltimore Ravens had a game against the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears played valiantly. However, they still came up short, and they're still hearing the sounds of fire Matt Nagy. Fire Matt Nagy. No, there are not no Biden references. It's fire Matt Nagy. They may as well be. Anyway, Freeman TD lifts Ravens over Bears with Jackson's sideline. Tyler Huntley was on the way to the game Sunday when he got the message from Lamar. Anyway, the Ravens come away with a 16-13 victory over the Bears, improving their record to 7-3. Even in the absence of Lamar Jackson, Chicago Bears fall to 3-7, and seven, and the chance to fire Matt Nagy are getting deafening. Cleveland Browns went up against a red-hot Detroit Lions team. Yeah, that's right. Red-hot. They were on a streak. They didn't lose, but they didn't win. Coming off of an exhilarating tie with the Pittsburgh Steelers last week. They played hard. They fought gallantly. But this time, the Detroit Lions came up short. As Nick Chubb runs for 130 yards, the Browns hold off the winless Lions. Final score, 13 to 10. So the Lions are now 0-9 and 1, while the Browns improve to 6 and 5. Another game that had to be a shocker. This game definitely was a shocker. No one's seen this coming organization that has been deemed as the worst ran organization in all of NFL football to date. And that's up for debate. Trust me, it's up for debate. The Texans, who improved their record to 2-8, and eight, come away with a victory over Titans. That's right, the Tennessee Titans. Granted, they're without Derrick Henry, but a show that used to come on ESPN or a segment. Come on, man. You're the Titans. You can't be getting beat by the Texans. Anyway, the Texans, the Texans snap an eight-game skid and end the Titans' six-game streak in a 22-13 win. The Vikings outlast Aaron Rodgers and the Packers as they come away with a 34-31 on a game-ending field goal. That's right. The Packers lost even with the performance of an Aaron Rodgers that he put up. The Vikings come away with that last-second field goal. Moving right along. Dolphins, they improved to 4-7, beating the Jets. 24-17. However, 
much was made not so much about the fact that the Dolphins win their third straight to top the Jets 24-17. Much was made from the fact that Tua Tagovailoa came to the podium in his Christmas pajamas. We haven't even gotten through Thanksgiving. He comes to the podium in his Christmas pajamas. Hello, let's eat some turkey and dressing first, and then we can worry about Christmas. I know the fact that we go into the stores and we see the Christmas displays already, but come on, man. Yep, that's right. That's a come on, man moment. Anyway, let's get back to these scores before I just simply, or no. Anyway. Somehow I've lost my feed, but we're going to get it. I will ramble on until it comes back. There we go. Now we move to the Saints and the Eagles. Jalen Hurts runs for three scores as the Eagles beat the Saints by a score of 40 to 29. That's right. Don't look now, but the Eagles are one game under 500, five and six, while the Saints fall to five and five. Yet, Taysom Hill gets a contract extension. Does that make any sense at all? I'll let you debate that. Well, in the game that pitted coach and player who used to be on the same sideline, this time they were on opposite sidelines. Heineke and Washington spoiled Newton's homecoming as the Washington football team improved their record to 4-7, comes away with the 27-21 victory over the Carolina Panthers, led by Cam Newton. Once again, that score is 27-21. Therefore, the Washington football team, their record has improved to 4-6, while the Panthers dropped to 5-6. Moving right along. 49ers, they still keep on rolling as Garoppolo throws two more TDs as the 49ers dominate the Jaguars. Coming away with a 30-10 victory. So what else happened in the NFL? We are about to find out. Every now and then, I get the opportunity to pull up some highlights, but look like that's not about to happen. So we'll try that a little bit later. I guess that feed is broken, so we will move right along. Anyway, we will let you know that the Cincinnati Bengals improved their record to 6-4 and four 
by manhandling the Las Vegas Raiders, dropping their record to five and five, score thirty-two to thirteen. We are going to try this again. And look like we have no highlights available on that game. So we will move on and continue to give you the scores. Moving on from the Bengals and Raiders. Up next, a game that was very painful to watch. Trust me, very painful. Not just from my team's standpoint, but from both teams' standpoint. A game that had all the hype leading into it as being billed as probably the game of the year. Who knows, maybe possibly Super Bowl preview. The defenses showed up. The offenses were on vacation. And maybe that's why the offense was on vacation. Because the defenses showed up. Dallas Cowboys invades Arrowhead Stadium to take on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And let's just say the score was not indicative of the hype. None whatsoever. Of course, if you're in chat rooms, there's a lot of blame going around. Who's to blame for it? Both quarterbacks made some costly mistakes. Trust me on that. But let's just get to these highlights and let you be the judge how things panned out between the Chiefs and the Cowboys. Here we go. That back to Prescott. Chiefs, now the pass is over the middle. Picked off. Picked off by Sneed. Sneed now will go down wisely. Inside the 10-yard line, Legereus Sneed will cap off a terrific night for the Chiefs defense, stifling this best NFL offense after 10 weeks. Three turnovers for the Chiefs tonight and plus one in the giveaway-takeaway ratio. Legereus Sneed with the interception. Chris Jones being a factor again. Can't get to the quarterback. Yes. It was plain as day to see when Dak threw that ball that that ball was deflected at the line by Chris Jones, which enabled Snead to come away with that pick. So how did the final score end up turning out? Well, it was a snooze fest. Kansas City wins the game 19-9. to However, there were some other highlights in that game that I will not be able to get to, however. Patrick Mahomes will tell you right now, he's seeing number 11 in his sleep. He's having nightmares. Oh, in case you don't know who number 11 is, that would be Micah Parsons. He was very disruptive. It just so happened that in this defensive battle, the Chiefs came out on top. Moving right along. The Cardinals, once again, when called up on three weeks ago, Colt McCoy viewed himself as a caretaker. Well, McCoy leads the Cardinals to decisive 23-13 win over the Seattle Seahawks, improving their record to 9-2 and 
by far. They have to be the best team in the front runner right now in the NFC. I mean, you're without your starting wide receiver. You're without your starting quarterback. And you're still winning games. Look like they have embraced that mantle of next man up. Hats off to those Cardinals. In the meanwhile, what's going on with Seattle? Is it really time now? Give you something to think about. Is it really time now for Seattle and Russell Wilson to part ways? Granted, maybe Russell Wilson really doesn't want to part ways with Seattle. So let's give you this bone to bite on or to chew on or to gnaw on, whatever your preference is. Is it time to say goodbye, Petey? Just think about that. The Sunday night game. You know all the hype that was surrounding Dallas and Kansas City and it ended up being a snooze fest? Well, how about the game between the Steelers and the Chargers? If you ask me, I think all the players swapped uniforms because the game we were looking for between Dallas and Kansas City, we end up getting it with the Steelers and the Chargers. Yep, that's right. Between the Steelers and the Chargers. So just what did we get from them? Wouldn't you like to know? We will soon find out as we queue up these highlights. And let's see how entertaining this game really was. In the fourth quarter. Here comes the blitz. Throw outside the numbers. Caught. Left sideline. 25-20. Mike Williams hurdles into the end zone. Touchdown. Chargers. 53 yards. Herbert to Mike Williams. DJ. Thought the safety had the angle, but Mike made that angle disappear. Sutton bites on the underneath. And then it's a foot race, and Big Mike won it. Yep, that is right. Chargers come away with the victory by the score of 37, 41-37. Now, before I get to you some uh, news on the Buccaneers and Giants game, while my train of thought is still Remember I mentioned something about Matt Nagy? Well, let's hear this presser real quick, and I want to get your thoughts as the chants are getting louder. So let's see what Matt Nagy has to say. My focus right now is on these players and on Detroit. That's it. You know, and I think that's that's my job as a as a head coach and a leader um, is to is to do that. These guys, these players have been amazing. They've been great. Um, and and so, you know, you have this quick turnaround after a tough loss like that. And, and now here we go. It's it's the only thing that we can do is focus on the now and, and trying to do everything we can. So, you know, Thursday is going to be here quickly and, and uh, we have one objective. That's to win the game. The question, though, is that yes or no? On- Again, that's, it's, it's not something I'm focused at. You know, I, I respect. I respect that. I respect the, the question. But my, my focus is not on that, you know. So, Matt Nagy's focus is on Chicago getting ready for Detroit. Well, guess what? 
is Jason Garrett firing the start of more to come with the Giants? Then we will get to the game between the Giants and the Buccaneers that was played last night. But yes, we have some news on that. Just in case you haven't heard. He couldn't keep the job in Dallas. And looks like he's not doing a good job keeping his job with the Giants. Not even a full two years. So let's check this out. The last few weeks, it's just getting worse. And, you know, Jeff touched on it here. This is just the start of what, what will most likely be a domino effect. This is a quick fix to get rid of Jason Garrett. But we know there are a lot of people right now who are looking at this coaching staff and their front office with Dave Gettleman asking questions. Can this get better? Is this going to get better? We're giving you an opportunity. This roster hasn't gotten better, and the quarterback isn't improving. Hasn't gotten better. They have yet to spend a single day above 500 in five years. In half a decade, oh. they haven't spent a single day above 500. A single day. Max, Max we, 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 okay, let me say this. Let me say this. There is hope. If Freddie Kitchens can get these guys, you have seen coaches be replaced and all of a sudden throws a spark, gets everybody excited. The problem for me is the pieces and parts that are there don't seem to sink very well, right? Mauler type, you know, know, offensive linemen, big bodies. They want to kind of be in a phone booth, but you don't run it that way. You don't throw it that way. Like there's a lot of things that don't really line up. So there is hope. There's there's players on the on the squad that can can get better and play better. So yes, the breaking news is Jason Garrett fired. You're fired. Yes, I need I need to say it again. Jason Garrett fired. You're fired. So, what happened last night, as if it really matters, is that the game that cost Jason Garrett his job? I mean, think about it. They're only averaging like 18.9 points a game, 25th in the NFL as far as scoring is concerned. So, we now take you to what happened last night between the Buccaneers and the Giants as Jones's struggles costly as Giants fall in their Monday night game. And what were those mistakes that were costly? Well, we're about to find out. Should have held out for more. Here's Daniel Jones. Just threw it right to the Buccaneers. Steve McClendon, the 12th year player. That's his first interception of his career. He'll never get one easier than that. That's the key, the versatility, how he's cross-trained them all. Pressure, knocked off the hands and intercepted. Off of Devin White and Edwards, you're just talking about him, comes up with a pick. Already out of bounds. So Galladay remains with one catch on the night in third and five, and Jones will be taken down. 
first sack of the night for the Buccaneers. And it's Anthony Nelson who got there. Jones going to be swallowed up and taken down. Cam Gill got in there. Second-year player out of Wagner. This time it's just Will Hernandez just getting bull rushed and getting put on his heels. So there you have it. Well, guess what? I'm going to get you to score, but Stephen A. has something he wants to say. When does Stephen A. not have something to say? The day Stephen A. doesn't have nothing to say is the day we will have 90-degree weather on Christmas Day here in the state of Kansas. But Stephen has something to say in regards to the New York Giants. I know I am prolonging the agony of you Giants fans who may be listening to this podcast and want to know what the score was. But if you heard the game or saw the game last night, you already know. There's more to it. Here we go. Sometimes appears as if he knows what the hell he's doing. Other times he leaves you scratching your head. No matter what way you slice it, the New York yeah. Giants stink. And Gettleman has to go. Dave Gettleman has to go. You had ample opportunity. You haven't, even though you've been drafted better, you messed up when you draft Saquon Barkley because even though he's a stud, the guy, is, you know, durability is a question. Not his talent. Yeah. Not his heart. Good dude. Great talent. But health has been an issue. And when you know you need a quarterback and all you give us is Daniel Jones out of Duke, who is put clearly in over his head, one of the worst interceptions you'll ever see he threw last night. I mean, it's gotten to a point where it's just dispiriting to watch this team play. They're trash. But They're there, trash. I mean, they're just G. not it's, good. It's not just Gettleman. It's Garrett as well. Well, listen. Well, don't get me yeah, started they, with yeah, Garrett. Yeah, you're right, Molly. Well, you well, got, you, not, you're right about time that. Out, time out. Time out. I'm not. I'm not oblivious to Jason Garrett. Well, who hired the man? You shouldn't have hired him. What the hell did Jason Garrett do as head coach of the Dallas Cowboys that made you say when he lost his job, let me bring him within the same division to the NFC East and and coach the damn Giants offense? Why? (laughs) Man, oh, man, oh, man. Anyway, I prolonged the agony. In case you've been living under a rock, the Buccaneers handed the Giants a 30 to 10 shellacking. Yeah, those highlights you heard were negative highlights of what happened in the Giants game. The Giants look so putrid. They remind me of a movie that came out called The Little Giants. As a matter of fact, they look more little than the Little Giants. At least the Little Giants in the movie had a little bit of fight. And some fight back. These Giants, like someone just sucked the fight right out of them. And pretty much every talk show host, including what Stephen A. just said, the Giants is trash. They need to be picked up by BFI, Waste Connection, and any other side hustle trash company because they are that trashed. Matter of fact, they are so trash, their record shouldn't even count in the NFC least. Yeah, that's trashy. Anyway, moving right along, we're going to go ahead. Well, I'm going to take a break right here. 
I've spent over 25 minutes giving you scores and highlights and running my mouth and playing commentary from others. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to take a break here, and when I come back, I am going to get you ready for some Thursday Thanksgiving football. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host, conductor of the train, Anthony Smith. I will be right back. So you stay in your seat. Stay strapped in until the ride is done. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your boy, Anthony, here. Be right back. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. We'll get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. Welcome, 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 welcome back to my next segment. We're still talking NFL. I told you I was going to go deep on the NFL today. Just having some fun, getting ready for the Thanksgiving holiday. Hopefully I can get some coaches on, or at least a coach. Get you ready also for the state high school football playoff games this weekend. Hopefully I can attend at least eight-man game. I want to see that. I've been very intrigued about watching eight-man football, and I've, that bug had been put in my ear by my good friend out there in Oswego, Kansas, Matt Fowler, who coaches out there. He plans on being in town, so hopefully we can cross paths before Saturday, and hopefully I will be in Newton at Fisher Field. But anyway, back to some NFL. We're going to hear comments from Dan Orlovsky. And he expects Josh Allen and the Bills offense to take the game to the Saints at the Superdome. So let's get his comments and his viewpoints on what he thinks will shape up between the Bills and the Saints. On Thanksgiving, the Bills taking on the Saints. Dan Orlovsky, who do you think gets the win in this one and why? I think Buffalo wins. Um, I would throw the ball a lot opposite Marshawn Lattimore, depending on whoever's 
co- covering no matter who the receiver is. I'm going opposite Marshawn Lattimore. And then their defensive line has got to play really good. Depends on who New Orleans is going to have with their health. They missed so many guys last week. Now, New Orleans offensively, I expect them to put a sixth offensive lineman on the field like they've done a little bit this year and try to pound the football at Buffalo. I think the Buffalo offense starts to get its rhythm a little bit here. Again, throwing opposite Marshawn Lattimore. I expect them to go and win this football game. Yeah, it would be a nice game for Josh Allen and Brian Dable to get back on track yeah, too, finishing off the Thanksgiving slate. So there you have comments from Dan or Orlovsky. But we also have some more to get to. Can the Lions get their first win of the season on Thanksgiving? Let's see what he has to say about that. Dan, take it away. Bears at Lions on Thanksgiving. Dan Orlovsky, the Lions are winless. Who gets the W in this one? They don't go winless twice, though. Oh. Okay? They've done it once. They don't go twice. <laughs> I think the Lions win this football game. At home, it's an awesome environment. Two names. T.J. Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift. I think those guys are difference makers for this football team. Throw right against the Chicago defense. Andy will keep them in it, but I think the Lions get a win. I don't want to burst your bubble, but the Lions have never gotten their first win of the season on Thanksgiving. First time for everything. There we go. So Dan thinks that the Detroit Lions get their first win of the season against the Bears. So now, what does Dan Orlovsky think about the Cowboys getting back on track against the Raiders? Whoop, Dan, take it away. Raiders taking on the Cowboys. The Cowboys trying to get back on track here. Dan Orlovsky, what do you think happens in this game? I think they get back on track. A big part of this game is going to be the health of the Cowboys, who and how many of them are playing two things. They got to do a good job blocking the pass rush of the Las Vegas Raiders, whoever is playing at tackle. And then Dak's got to do a good job of pushing the ball to the sidelines, to the perimeter against this cover three defense. If the Raiders want to stay in it, I think they got to put their tight ends on the field and make the Cowboys defense match up against it. If they do that, they got a shot. But I think Cowboys will be good enough and healthy enough to win. Yeah, this game also on Thanksgiving and Dak Prescott looking to get things right in the worst way. So there you have it. And yes, I am a Cowboys fan. Yes, the game against Kansas City, it sucked. It was putrid, but not just on the Cowboys side, on both sides. It just so happened that Cowboys got hung with a loss. Plain and simple. I'm not going to make no excuses for them. But yes, they were banged up. Offensive line issues. Offensive line couldn't hold water. Dak was under duress. Of course, that's with any quarterback, though. I was talking to a guy at my job today. I'm, I'm going to say his first name. His first name is George. And he said it best. If these coaches would tell their players to go ahead and hit that quarterback, don't worry about the 15-yard penalty. This would be true with any quarterback. If you hit him enough times, it throws him off his game. And what was happening with Dak on Sunday, he was under duress. If the line is not holding up and there is a leak in the line, that will disrupt your rhythm every time it will get under your skin. It will get in your mental psyche. Look at Patrick Mahomes. He made some mistakes. Why? Because he was running around for his life trying to get away from number 11. Oh, 
that would be Micah Parsons. That interception that Dak threw, some people thought it was a bad ball. Well, there was a reason it was a bad ball. Chris Jones was that reason. Deflected pass. So if defenses get to a quarterback, I don't care if it's Dak. I don't care if it's Patrick Mahomes. I don't care if it's Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. You hit him enough times, it's going to disrupt his mental psyche. But yes, the Cowboys, I'm in agreement. I believe they can get back on track. And wouldn't that be something to see Detroit go ahead and finally win their first game? Even though they never won their first game on Thanksgiving. Like you said, there was a first for everything. And don't let Chicago's 3-7 and seven record fool you. The fact that they're playing Justin Fields or they may be going back to the red-headed wonder, Andy Dalton. I think Justin Fields is nursing an injury. Remains to be seen. And this time of year, you will see injuries. But the Bears are an injury within their own selves. They're missing Khalil Mack, for one. You already said, throw to the right side of the Bears' defense. So there are your games slated for Thursday, Thanksgiving. Hopefully there are some entertaining games. So what else do we have to look at here? Let's look at some key stats right now. A little snapshot of stats, so to speak. Offensive leaders right now, passing leaders. Even though this is by far has to be one of his worst years thus far, Patrick Mahomes still leads in passing yards with 3,200. Right behind him is Tom Brady with 3,000. 177. Then here comes Derek Carr, 3,041. Matt Stafford, oh, we're not going to get off those Rams either because they're in a little slide right now. But Matt Stafford, 3,014. Justin Herbert, 2,927. Those are your top five passing leaders by yards. Who are the rushing leaders thus far? Well, you can't deny it. And I think that's by default. But it would probably be a close race. But number one, Indianapolis Colts, Jonathan Taylor with 1,122 yards. Number two, and he's injured, Derrick Henry, 937. I'm pretty sure coming up on him pretty soon will be Nick Chubb of Cleveland. He has 851 yards. Coming in number four, Joe Mixon with 759. And number five, Dalvin Cook, 734. So who are your top receiving leaders? With 1,141 yards from the Los Angeles Rams, Cooper Cup. Number two, from the 49ers with 994 yards, Debo Samuel. Number three, with 979 yards, Green Bay Packers, Devontae Adams. Number four, Minnesota Vikings. 944 yards, Justin Jefferson. 
And number five, with 932 yards, Kansas City Chiefs, very own Tyreek Hill. Let's look at the defensive leaders now. Leading with leading tacklers, top five. In other words, defenses. Keep an eye on these guys. They're going to disrupt you if you don't. Number one, with 115 tackles from the Seattle Seahawks. One glimmer of hope, Bobby Wagner. From the Las Vegas Raiders, get this Cowboys, you better keep an eye on him. He's number two. Denzel Perryman, 114. Uh, two-way top a third with 110. You have, I hope I do not butcher this name too bad, but I'm going to do my best. From the Atlanta Falcons, that one shiny moment. If I can use that reference. Foisade Alukan from Atlanta with 110. And also Roquan Smith of Chicago Bears, 110. I'm pretty sure they will be able to double up on him, especially since you don't have the luxury of having a Khalil Mack to alleviate that pressure. So Detroit will probably be exploiting him and doubling up on him to minimize his talent. And at the number five spot with 102 tackles from Minnesota Vikings, Eric Kendricks. Sacks leaders. Should be a no-brainer right here. Number one, 13, Miles Garrett, Cleveland Browns. Number two, Pittsburgh Steelers, J.T. Watt with 12 and a half. Number three, Hassan Reddick, Carolina Panthers, 10 and a half. Number three, also, Matthew Jadon, New England, 10 and a half. And coming in at number five, Chicago. Chicago has a pretty stout defense then. Two guys that Detroit have to keep their eyes on. Here's Robert Quinn from Chicago, 10 sacks. Now let's look at the interception leaders. I have to say this <laughs> because uh, – there have been a lot of memes going around about this guy here. One was uh, the earth is covered by two-thirds water. The rest is covered by Trayvon Diggs. So here's our, that's my lead-in to our interception leaders. Number one from the Dallas Cowboys with eight interceptions, Trayvon Diggs. Number two, New England Patriots. J.C. Jackson with six. Number three, the Tennessee Titans, Kevin Bayard with five interceptions. And there's a tie, two-way tie for fourth place with four apiece, Jordan Jordan Poirier of Buffalo and Adrian Phillips of New England with four each. So there are some statistics for you. Not no detailed stats, but just enough to let you know who's leading in what category. Well, the train is still building up ahead of steam. But due to time constraints, this train will be pulling in to the station. 
However, I want to say thank you to all of my listeners. I've noticed that my listenership has increased. My audience has increased a little bit. So keep spreading the word about the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. Uh, When you get a notification, these podcasts can be shared with people. So when you are listening, share it with somebody. I would appreciate that because you'll be able to reach people that I probably can't reach right offhand. But the more you start sharing these podcasts with other people and they get to listen to it, it's all the more appreciative. So to those listeners that are part of my audience, I want to say I appreciate you dearly for listening. And like I say, share it. I want to have as many listeners. I want to engage with as many people. Also, but I want to let you know that I'm on the Anchor platform. And Anchor is powered by Spotify. So oftentimes, I will pose a poll question. A way of me engaging with you, the listeners out there. Which is all the more reason I say, go ahead and share this podcast. Share the link with others, multiple people. If you're on Facebook, share it with people in your friends list. If you're on uh, Instagram, share it with people on Instagram. Wherever you can share it, because I want to know who I'm talking with. I want to know who I'm interacting with. Just look at me as your friend. Uh, also, as a programming note, I want to also say that in addition to me having what a segment that I call Coach's Corner, I'm going to also be expanding to another segment in the near future called Outside the Box. Did I get your attention with that one? Yes, Outside the Box is basically going to be me highlighting people that have little, basically, side business. Uh, there's a young lady here in the Wichita area. Uh, she has a business called All Prep No Play. She prepares meal prep meals. I want to introduce her to you all. Also, during like those months where there's Mental Health Awareness Month, that's when you hear voices like Coach Mark Potter used to coach at Newman, but now he's a keynote speaker going around talking about mental health issues and depression. So those would be my categories for like outside the box. So a lot of times there will be interviews that won't be sports related. However, I'm pretty sure some sports will be sprinkled in as I find out, are they a sports fan or not? So it just will be another way of me expanding my listenership. So those of you who are listening, spread the word because outside the box will be coming up in the near future. Well, right now I have to bring this train in the station so until the next time have a blessed day i will probably try to get in another one tomorrow if not i will have what's called best of interviews coming up on thursday so i won't be doing this per se but i will pull up some interviews that i've conducted it will be the best of interviews that will be published on thursday so you don't hear from me tomorrow i want to say in advance to each and every one of you have a happy and blessed thanksgiving this is your boy anthony the train is coming in to the station
one once again before I actually tip out, I want to say those of you who know me, I got into this because I was involved in radio. And there were some people that influenced me greatly. And right now there's a man that's going through some uh, uh, medical issues right now. Been in the hospitals, been out, and we're having a series of tests done on him. His name is Scott Styles. When you pray, say his name. Scott, hopefully you get a chance to listen to this podcast. I want you to know that you're my prayers, brother. And I just believe that you will be a living testimony. So remember that name, Scott Styles. Scott, we're praying for you. We love you, brother. All right. This train is pulling in now.